Hello, my name is Nick Hatton, and welcome back to another episode of PS Plus, a Living Faith Bible Institute podcast that serves as a companion to another called The Postscript. Now on that podcast, pastor and host Brandon Briscoe each week speaks to other pastors and professors from the Living Faith Bible Institute on a wide array of topics. Here on this podcast, The PS Plus, we cover more focused topics in a series format. And today, we will continue to move through the current series that we are in focused on the topic of biblical finance. This is our seventh episode in that series, so let's dive back into the Word of God right now and find out more about how it is that God desires for His people to be interacting with their money on a daily basis. In the last six episodes of this series, We've gone over a lot of content, from the most foundational principles surrounding the topic of biblical finances, to biblical giving and spending, and all the way to what the Bible says about saving and investing our income. And in today's episode, we're going to continue to add to the portfolio of financial topics that we've been building up over the last few months by focusing on what the Bible says about how believers should be interacting with debt and whether or not they should be people who borrow money. So to start off this conversation, we can simply define what debt is. And what it is, is the lending or borrowing of something, in many cases money, which is what we will be focusing on today, the borrowing of money with interest. Interest being the cost or price of borrowing that money. So this is a very simple definition of the word debt. Furthermore, I'll go on to say that the topic of debt is brought up with frequency throughout scripture. And I think that this is something that does surprise people from time to time, but throughout scripture, taking on debt is never strictly forbidden, while at the same time, it's never explicitly encouraged. As far as financial issues go in the church today and in the secular world alike, though, debt is one of the biggest issues that the general public faces. Taking on copious amounts of debt can very easily destroy someone's finances and prohibit a believer from taking part in the Great Commission by way of their finances. So let's start out by looking at some scripture focused on this very topic. And we're going to start in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7, which tells us this, The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. So in a very practical sense, Scripture helps us understand that what we do when we borrow money or when we take on debt is we enter into a form of slavery. As we just read in this verse, the borrower is servant to the lender, or that is at least what they become. Debt effectively equals slavery or servanthood and puts the borrower in bondage to whoever or whatever it is that they borrowed from. Now, oftentimes, who a believer borrows money from is no different from who a non-believer borrows money from. Some worldly organization, a financial or lending corporation. So what this means, as scripture tells us, is that we become servants to that lending organization. An entity of the world now holds a position of authority over an individual that says, you have to allocate this much money to me each month until you've paid off your loan 
plus interest, and then you'll be granted your freedom. So for believers, it's very important to take notice of the fact that God warns us all throughout Scripture to flee from the lost world's bondage. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 19 tells us, While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought in bondage. If we are servants to something, then we are in bondage to that thing. God's desire is that his people would only be in bondage to the things that are of him, so that we can be free to live according to his directives over our lives alone and without outside influence. Romans chapter 6, verse 18 says it this way, Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. But if some additional authority over our lives has gained control over any aspect of our lives, well, then in many ways we'd become unequally yoked to something likened to an unbeliever. And with that, a clash of authorities is likely to take place. Now, one of the themes of this PS Plus series on biblical finances has been focused on the idea and observational truth that how someone spends their money is directly reflective of what they believe to be of importance and of value in this life. This truth is also covered in scripture as we read in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The allocation of our income directly reflects the desires of our hearts and the values of our lives. And the world takes notice of this very truth, and it is the way that Christians allocate their income that one, opens the church and God's people up to reproach from the world, and two, that causes the world to look at Christians and say, we're not so different, you and I. How a Christian spends their money and allocates their income reveals so much about their relationship with God. So with that, a Christian that is living with extensive amounts of debt is also revealing so much about their personal relationship with God. So we're going to go over a few things that debt reveals about a Christian's relationship with their Lord. Number one, a believer living with extensive amounts of debt is revealing that there has been a failure in choosing, in choosing to trust their God. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19 tells us this, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If Christians are a people who choose to trust in the Lord with all their heart according to his understanding of their needs, then Christians would be better about saying no to things that require taking on debt in order to obtain. Again, when in debt, a person puts themselves under bondage. And when a believer enters into the bondage of something that isn't the Lord or isn't of the Lord, what their financial decisions are revealing about them is that they couldn't sit back and trust and wait for the Lord's provision in a specific area of their life. And now they're stuck having to be servants to two different masters, which scripture tells us we cannot do successfully. Another thing that debt reveals about believers 
is that they are someone who is okay with making presumptions against God. James chapter 4, verses 13 through 14 tells us this, Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city, and continue there a year, and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? Is it even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away? When a disciple of Jesus Christ decides to take on any amount of unsecured debt, they are effectively operating under the assumption that God is going to provide for them future income. They presume against God, and it's not wise to assume anything of the Lord. Because as we just read, ye know not what shall be on the morrow. You see, our willingness to take on and enter into debt reveals that we are assuming God will provide income for this item, this thing, or this commodity that he didn't supply for us outright in the first place. And that's not wise action, and it's not wise consideration. It's presumptuous. Another thing that is revealed of a Christian who lives with extensive amounts of debt is that there is a failure in the practice of self-control taking place in their lives, and oftentimes it's reflective of someone who is being ruled by covetousness. Now, we see the word covet and covetousness show up several times throughout Scripture, and its biblical definition is explained as someone who is a lover of money. Now, the world's definition, whether it be Webster or Oxford, is something to the effect of an inordinate desire of wealth and possessions or the desire for another person's possessions. So keeping the definition of covetousness in mind, let's read Proverbs 25, verse 28, which says this, He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. So what we see in the definition of covetousness and what we read in Proverbs 25 here are both characteristics of ungodliness. Now, it's not the case that desiring something or that even obtaining something is sinful. However, over-desiring or obsessing and then forcing the obtainment of something that was not provided for in a biblical way is an act that's driven by sinfulness because the outcome of that whole process was led or controlled by a coveting mind and a coveting heart. So back to our point here, there is no self-control in a coveter's heart. In this sinful state, we become like cities, without walls, expressing sinful habits in our finances, welcoming in all desires of the flesh and even seeking after them with no defense. And so often our consumer mindsets and the amounts of debt that we live with reveal this to be true, even of believers. Now, the fact of the matter is that many of us do live with some form of debt. And having covered these previous points, when we've dug ourselves into ditches of debt, the world's reproach can begin to flood in. And as unfortunate as that may be, What else could a believer expect from the world? What we've reflected to anyone who chooses to take notice in our unwise decisions to take on some 
of the types of debt that we do take on is that we are not faithful to what we say we believe. And with our unwise actions, which are made with the resources our Lord has entrusted to us, what we end up doing is dragging Jesus' name through the mud. And what we do is we trade in the light he's given us to reflect to the rest of the world in exchange for some temporal thing that we just had to have. For Judas, it was 30 pieces of silver. What might it be for you? One of the most important warnings that the Lord is attempting to communicate to his people throughout scripture when it comes to the topic of debt, I believe is this. The debt a believer takes on has potential to derail your walk with the Lord. If someone isn't careful, the debt they take on will absolutely put their ability to seek God first in their finances on pause. And quite frankly, debt changes the projection of people's lives, and God does not want that to be the case for his people. Now, I think it's important to touch on the fact that there are different types of debt that we can take on in this life. And to categorize them simply, we could call these debt types secured and unsecured. Secured debt is what people take on when they borrow money against collateral. Examples of this would be a mortgage home loan or a car loan or even a pawn shop loan would technically be considered secured because there is collateral involved in the exchange. Unsecured debt, on the other hand, is what people take on when they borrow money without collateral. Examples of this would primarily be purchases that are made on credit cards, but also personal loans and even medical debt and student loan debt are technically forms of unsecured debt in that there is no collateral involved. Now, if we're going to boil down the types of debt that scripture doesn't say outright to be unwise, I believe it's safe to say that forms of secured debt are more, are more responsible options to consider for people considering taking on debt. The Bible teaches that if we're going to choose to take on debt, that it shouldn't be placing presumptions against God. Rather, someone should be as sure as they can be that at any point, if needed, they would be able to clear themselves of the debt they took on. For example, with a mortgage loan, because someone has collateral, their house, against the dollar amount they borrowed, if an unforeseen situation arose in their life, they could put their house on the market, they could sell it, and then they could pay off that loan. Depending on the state of the market, they could even potentially generate some profit and rid themselves of that debt completely, making it secured. Now that's very different from unsecured consumer debt in that if someone stacks up hundreds or thousands of dollars worth of credit card debt on a bunch of stuff that doesn't retain any value, that person is stuck with that debt until it's been paid off. They've effectively become a servant to it. And it was unwise to ever get into that situation in the first place. God doesn't look down upon his people with a smile on his face when they choose to buy a bunch of stuff with a credit card that they didn't have the income for in the first place. This is oftentimes, not always, but often 
a result of spiritually immature financial decisions. It's a result of someone not trusting God to supply all their need. It's a result of presuming that God would make sure to provide for something that they couldn't have waited for in a spirit-led manner in the first place. And also it's a result of not exercising self-control in the face of coveting after something the flesh convinced us we needed. And again, as we started off this episode discussing, as we become indebted to things and people, we do become servants to those things and people. Debt itself does not have agency, and it doesn't have an agenda against you. It's simply a tool. It's something that can be leveraged in the market economies that we all operate within. The lender of that debt, however, is not without agency, and that lender is who we become a servant to when we take on that debt. So debt is not the issue as much as the question of servanthood is. What and who have you made yourself a servant to by taking on debt? Can you at any time answer God's call and drop everything in your present life to serve God somewhere else without being bound by debt? Our debt should not prevent us from being able to carry out the Great Commission, and it shouldn't prevent us from being able to prioritize God with the rest of our finances. But the truth is, it can very easily do that very thing, and it can all be routed back to poor stewardship of the resources that He's entrusted to us. One last thing we ought to touch on before closing out of this episode is what Scripture tells us to do with debt at the point that we've taken it on. And as far as human nature goes, it's not always the easiest answer to hear. But once we are in debt, the biblical thing to do is to not take shortcuts in paying it off. Filing for bankruptcy isn't biblical, and neither is relying on others to pay off our debts for us. Psalms chapter 37 verse 21 says this, The wicked borroweth and payeth not again, but the righteous showeth mercy and giveth. So as we read in this verse, we're told that the wicked borrow money and then find ways to not have to pay it off. Someone who takes on debt and extensive amounts of it so that now they are in bondage to it, well, the best thing that they can do for their finances is work to pay it off diligently. What any believer who is living with extensive amounts of debt should realize and find joy in, as difficult as that may be, is the truth that earnestly working to pay off your debts is action that honors the Lord in your finances. Someone who is seemingly buried in debt can still prioritize God in their finances by working diligently to pay that debt off. There is nothing dishonorable about acknowledging a failure in stewardship and working to correct it. That's honoring the Lord, and our Heavenly Father still provides for His children from that place. And on that note, we're going to conclude this episode of PS Plus. Continue to join us every other Wednesday to keep up with this series on the topic of biblical finances, where in our next episode, 
we're going to be looking into what scripture tells us about planning and budgeting for our finances. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you next time. Take care.